This is Season 3, Episode 7 of Beyond This Earth. Nova Hall back here. And on today's episode of Beyond This Earth, we are going to talk about China and the American left and the reality that we have to face, especially dealing with China, plus a story about sexual harassment and assault from China that is going to cause effects all over the Olympics that are coming up. But breaking news as of this recording, it is Kyle Rittenhouse and he is found not guilty of all the charges placed on by the Wisconsin Kenosha court, Kenosha Wisconsin court. We will have reaction from the internet concerning many other entities and other particular resources. We are going to talk about all of these week's events and we are going to tell the truth about certain things about Korea and its politicians and what they have to say. And also the space station has turned into a fighter plane and a whole lot more on this week's episode of Beyond This Earth. This is Beyond This Earth. Welcome to Beyond This Earth. This is Nova Hollaback, Episode 7, Season 3. We are going to get to the China issues and why I believe this China and the American left and why it's important that we need to discuss this issue in the latter part of this first segment and in the beginning part of the second segment, which will lead into something very interesting that's going on in the Korean elections that we need to expose all the tricks of the trade of how the Americans influence, whether through covert or overtly, these particular political issues on a geopolitical scale. But we want to talk about what happened recently as of this recording. Kyle Rittenhouse case is now over. Let's get through what happened in the case. On the first count, first degree reckless murder for killing Joseph Rosenbaum, the jury's found Kyle Rittenhouse not guilty. On the second count, first degree reckless endangerment for shooting at a man, the judge find Kyle Rittenhouse not guilty. On the third count, first degree reckless endangerment for shooting at an unknown man, the jury found Kyle Rittenhouse not guilty. On the fourth and the most serious count, the count that was going to be 60 years to life, first-degree intentional homicide for killing Anthony Huber, the jury finds Kyle Rittenhouse not guilty. And on the fifth count, first-degree contempt and intentional homicide for shooting and wounding Gage Grosenkreutz, the jury found Kyle Rittenhouse not guilty. Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted on all charges in Kenosha, Washington on November 19th, as we are doing this recording. Reaction was swift. A lot of the right wing were happy to see this particular case being resolved. A lot of people said that the jury did, well, the jury did make the right decision. Others have also stated in no on particular terms that this was a miscarriage of justice, mostly the liberals, of course. But I want to focus on 
certain things and certain statements made by some on the left, some on the right about this particular issue. Let's go first to what the ACLU stated on this particular case. And I'm would I'm not shocked. I'm not even surprised. Then we're gonna go to Revolver's take on this. And another particular case that's going on as well. Another statement done by um Blake Masters versus the ACLU. Kyle Rittenhouse was found now guilty on the fatal shooting of two and an injury of another during the protest over the shooting of Jacob Blake by the Kenesha D Police Department. This situation represents a outrageous failure for, to protect the protesters in Kenesha by the Kenesha Police Department and the Kenesha State County Sheriff Police. Months of research and open records have requests have uncovered many incidences where the police encourage white militia members to become armed vigilantes in the street due to their failures to control the crowd. Despite Rittenhouse's conscious decision to travel across state lines and injured one person and take the lives of two people protested the shooting of Jacob Blake by police, he was not held responsible for his actions. Unfortunately, this is not surprising. The acquittal comes after the investigation exposed how Kenosha Law Department law enforcement used violence against protesters and drove them towards white militia groups in ways that escalated tensions and almost certainly led into these shootings. It is far too easy to overlook the impact of violence in the defense of white supremacy that this has on black and brown communities. When the community rose up to exercise their First Amendment right to protest after the police shot a black man in the back in front of his own children, police enabled white supremacist militia members. The result of this failure was bloodshed, the loss of lives, and trauma. No one should be targeted, threatened, or attacked by exercising the First Amendment right to protest. It is our right to protest and demand justice. They will be watching to ensure no one, including law enforcement, interferes with that right. And as we reimagine public safety, we need to create solutions that extend that safety to all communities, including those that have been systematically neglected and preyed upon. I am not surprised by the statement by the ACLU. A lot of stuff has changed since 2016, and this is one of those particular changes. The ACLU is no longer on the sides of those that want to defend themselves in any form and any case. Now, this is usually the response of people that don't understand the full nature of the case. They said they went to towards uh, white militia members and all the rest of these things. Who is to say they didn't get it right? But in the end of the analysis, the court system and the judiciary system and the Kenosha government in particular, the mayor, a lot of those other people there had failed their own citizens and failed Kyle Rittenhouse in allowing these particular entities, these particular people to go and to cause 
trouble in that particular area. These particular men should have never have had any access to weapons. None. That's let's put that point blank. No access to weapons. The fact that they got weapons was absolutely unconscionable. The fact that one of those particular ones, I think it was Rosencruz or Blake. I'm, I'm not Blake. Um, Rosenbaum or Rosencruz. I'm not sure which had her children. And the fact that he's even out, that person was out is absolutely unconscionable. The fact that these particular people are protesting for Black Lives Matter or with Black Lives Matter over this issue with Jacob Blake, when we know even more information about this particular situation with J Jacob Blake, is almost comical. But again, the ACLU is not the same. The Southern Poverty Law Center, even more games and others have been saying this, not the same. They made a statement as well. And it, that statement is wild on its face. It reads in part, a jury acquitted Kyle Rittenhouse, this is the Southern Poverty Law Center, of the murders of Anthony Huber and Joseph Rosenbaum and the attempted murder of Gage Kosowitz. The CEO and president of the Southern Poverty Law Center, Margaret L. Hewen, issued the following in response to the lack of justice. This is her in quotes. Our hearts are with the victims in this case. The individuals killed and wounded by Kyle Rittenhouse, as well as the families in the community torn apart by the consequences of this deadly violence. The acquittal of Kyle Rittenhouse will add food to the fire of raw armed radicalization in America. That a white male youth can travel across state lines armed with an assault rifle and engage in armed confrontation resulting in the multiple deaths without facing criminal accountability is the all too familiar outcome in a country where systematic racism continues to rot the sy system. Far right extremists have already published a deluge of propaganda lionizing Kyle Rittenhouse and his acquittals are likely to further embolden them to pretend his violent answers were somehow heroic. We will continue to see this sort of violence repeat itself in towns all across the country as we as a nation move towards the greater prevention of radicalization, caroling the anti-democratic hate that enabled the Kenosha violence and to end the systematic racism that supports it. Does anybody have any clue what the fentanyl epidemic did to Kenosha in particular? Does anybody want to hazard a guess of what damage that particular incident caused? You know, the sad reality of uh, all this has been is that liberals cannot pick the right battles and have not been picking the right battles, have not been picking the right candidates, have not been picking the right particular people in places they need to win elections.
they've all but have let go of rural communities, of the upper burbs and other places. They've all have let go of it, which used to be their stalwart standard. But now they have become a coastal party with connections to massive government overreach and big corporations. There's an article out by David Brooks, the little bastard, that pretty much states the following about the raid and how scared it is. Kind of nonsense is David Brooks writing these days. He used to be intelligent, the guy that will take over the the real conservatives that used to exist. If there were any types of conservatives these days, or we're just playing games with ourselves. Do, do we even want to call by that name conservatives in America in particular? Because that's a whole kettle of fish that doesn't even really work these days. But what you saw in that case was some very interesting and intriguing things that you may have to look into and see how society sees itself. Because I cannot give you all the answers, nor should I. But one of the things that you're gonna have to accept is that the liberals continue to play these stupid games and they're continuing to win the stupid prizes. And so they feel depressed. They feel overwhelmed. They feel angry. Take it out on everybody. It's sad. It really, really is sad. But let us continue. I want to get to what Blake Master said. Ecstatic to see Rittenhouse found not guilty, vindicated at long last, but we can't pretend this is a permanent victory. This case reminded us that our justice system, like every other institution our ancestors built, is under siege and that the besiegers are very close to victory. Every part of the prosecution's case was built on lies and deception to claim Joseph Rosenbaum, a serial child rapist, wasn't reaching for Kyle's gun when nine witnesses and video evidence showed otherwise. They called Kyle the coward for now using his fist against his attackers, including the attacker about to shoot him in the head with a handgun. They claimed Kyle had no right to self-defense simply because he had a gun. <clears throat> they said that when the mob overtook Kyle to defund the police, his legal duty was to lie down and to be executed. There was reports of potential jurors being filmed before the trial even started, an activist had been threatening the jury to issue a guilty verdict or else. Kyle Bush, Cory Bush, Joe Biden, Alana Presley, Joy Reid, and others maliciously defamed Kyle with the intention of denying him a fair trial. They called him a white supremacist and domestic terrorist. 
without any evidence. But it went further than defamation. GoFundMe recently blocked legal defense fundraisers for Kyle, so did Facebook. Later, when pressed with the money Frugs give send go, we saw organized efforts to dots and harm ordinary people who donated to his defense. A paramedic who donated $10 to Mitten House was dots by Guardian and LP journalist Jason Wilson using certain data. Subsequently, another journalist named Jason Nguyen paralyzed the paramedic at his home. Another person dots the same hack. A police officer in Norfolk, Virginia was fired from his job for the 25 donation. By the way, remember when Twitter suppressed Hunter Biden's laptop because stories based on hack defamation were banned? What happened to that? All this was done with the express intent of denying Kyle a fair trial and destroying his life for defending himself against the falling mob progressives deliberately whipped up and supported in Kenosha. When lies this, when lies like this happen, rampant without consequence, a republic like ours cannot survive. When a society celebrates antifalutvers, arsonists, and pedophiles as heroes, while turning brave people into Kyle Rittenhouse into villains, it is a society that is no long for this world. We need to be a country where heroes like Kyle Rittenhouse can drive, not where they are destroyed to gratify a mentally ill, malicious mob and a mentally ill, malicious media. The mob that targeted this killed kid, Joseph Rosenbaum, Anthony Hubert, Gage Kosowitz, Jason Wilson, Jason Nguyen, Joy Reid, Cory Bush, Joe Biden, that mob has power. More than you, that's got to change. GoFundMe then comes in with a statement stating to the following, GoFundMe's turning service prohibit raising money for the legal defense of an alleged violent crime. In the light of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, we want to clarify when and why we have removed certain fundraisers in the past. Once charges for a variety of crime have were brought by Kyle Rittenhouse in 2020, GoFundMe removed fundraisers that were started in for the defendant's legal defense. We did this in part as our regular monitoring efforts. In addition to those fundraisers, our trust and safety team removed hundreds of thousands of our fundraisers between August and December 2020, unrelated to Rittenhouse that we determined were in violation of this long-standing policy. If someone's acquitted of those charges as the Brennan House wrote today, a fundraiser started subsequently for the legal defense and other expenditures will not violate this policy. A fundraiser to pay lawyers, cover legal expenses, or to help with ongoing living expenses for a person acquitted of these charges could remain active as long as we determine it's not in violation of any of our other terms, for example, the purpose of stated and the correct beneficiary is added to the fundraiser. We are monitoring our site for related fundraisers to try to verify for all events as we have widespread attention that the funds are going to the unintended recipient and the fundraisers within our terms of service. The process may take time and slow down the withdrawal process. If the fundraiser violates the terms of service or does not directly benefit the intended beneficiary, we will remove it from the platform. So they said it was in because he was accused. Now that he's acquitted, the funds come to him directly. It's a long-standing policy, as they say. But then again, they were able to figure out a way how to give it to the um, protesters. Might I add, they found a way to give it to them protesters. 
Mrs. I hate anime Cortez that still wants offsets D-I-C-K. What we are witnessing is a system functioning to design to protect those it was designed for. My heart still breaks for the communities and families who grief now compounds and the countless others who will be denied the rough similar scenes across the country. Mr. Beatty then comes out and said, uh, uh, in a recent article for Revolver News and pretty much states what happened with this particular trial. It's a fascinating look how this trial went through. This is his conclusion. If Rittenhouse acquittal is to be a true turning point in American history, then the reactions of Vance, Masters, and Ken must be the default response of the entire GOP. Republicans must realize that the system can no longer be trusted, that prosecutors can and will bring trumped up political charges solely to humiliate and terrorize their enemies. The passion of Kyle Rittenhouse is only the beginning of what's to come. This stumbling, dishonest, incompetent, malicious abortion of a prosecution was the product of the Kenosha County District Attorney's Office trying to execute the mandate of what is called the globalist American Empire. Soon a whole raft of defendants will face bogus and politically motivated charges for their involvement in January 6th. They won't benefit from a middle American jury poor middle American judges. They won't be facing a handful of hack attorneys, but the full force of the government with an unlimited budget and downs of employers to lawyers to draw upon. If Republicans refuse to call the Inquisition for what it is, a political purge of regime enemies, then they will be submitting to the new reality that the attack of Kyle Rittenhouse helped create. And if they refuse to launch counterattacks when they have the ability to do so, they will be simply marking the time until the next Kyle Rittenhouse is targeted for destruction. The Obama administration said the DOJ for fishing expeditions against police departments that shot too many criminals. Republicans should launch investigations against the prosecutors responsible for these sham prosecutions. Because make no mistake, more sham prosecutions will come. Nevertheless, Americans should savor this victory. They should take delight in the shrieks and agony from the hateful creatures of Twitter in Washington, D.C., who can neither understand nor comprehend a hero like Kyle Rittenhouse. And a hero is exactly what Kyle is. Normal people do not run to a Brady anthem the mob to protect homes and businesses. Normal people charged with murder do not take the stand in their own defense. The attorneys will say it's too risky. But Kyle Rittenhouse good did go out to face the mob. And he did take the stand in his defense. Why? Because what a hero would do. A smart person avoids trouble and saves his own skin. A hero races into the mouth of danger, oblivious to harm. A hero does what is right, not what is easy. Interesting words. A lot of people would agree with that, wouldn't they? The defamation lawsuits are not only coming, they're going to be hellacious. And it is long since time. And this has happened before with great success. That the media gets it on their ass. And do you know why? Glenn Greenwald recently had a tweet that stated that the Brazilian 
media companies had to retract the story of Kyle Rittenhouse that he said he shot two black people when that was not even the case. This is how dangerous, Mr. Greenwald said, the U.S. media has become all across the world. One final point about this particular case that I don't think that liberals are really ready to accept. Now, I have heard it all throughout Twitter that if this was a black kid that did the same things to protect his own neighborhood or to protect his own person or to protect this particular what have you, that he would be thrown under the jail and that there are disappropriate reactions to when African-Americans commit these crimes from those who are white that commit these crimes. Never forget that Kyle Rittenhouse is Hispanic. Anyway. That crime law that was passed and signed by Joe Biden and certain other things of that nature and the crime laws that were starting to increase the laws that started to begin to build in the 90 in the 80s and the 90s that pretty much ended the argument of protection when it comes to african americans protecting their own the democrats from 93 onward did that shit so now the liberals are now seeing this is this is all liberals they haven't changed so the liberals pass laws that deny african americans the way to defend themselves you understand what i'm saying and you can't make the same argument with Kyle Rittenhouse in this because the way that Wisconsin handled their laws concerning long guns is not the same in, say, a place like Pennsylvania or New York or all these other things. A Supreme Court ruling might change everything about this. So we're watching that ruling too. But the liberals have hanged themselves on their own retard on their own petard, both in the past and in the present, and soon the future. Everybody wants utopia, but utopia will never come. And now they're seeing everything of their great little, great society falling down every single time they don't get their way. One aspect of that trying to build that great society is the use of China, the communist country of China, the People's Republic of China from the 1970s onward. Can I propose a theory to y'all? <laughs> and I think this theory needs to be Somewhat explain, maybe somebody can really explain it. I talked about it last season. 
I really wanted to discuss this in a much deeper terms last season, but I never got the chance to. <clears throat> and I still might be putting out most of this theory later on this season. But there was something very interesting that Bab, formerly of Bron J's Mantis of Twitter, stated that the CIA is left wing. Now, if you go by Rage of Fish's assertion, and there is a fascinating story about FDR and how he tried to handle the homosexual problem in the military, especially in the Navy back in the 1930s, that you need to read because it explains a lot of shit about how FDR viewed himself as a leader in government and how he used his own side of communism. Let's be fair here. And let's be realistic about who FDR was. How he used his own brand of communism to defeat the other two brands of communism, socialism. And we know who the other two brands are. And we don't have to tell you that you know your history, folks. But... Bab stated that the CIA were left wing and they were not fans of what Joseph Stalin considered himself to be the conservative communist Russian empire as it were. And if you look through the history and how they handled their situations, especially with Hungary, uh, there's a fascinating video by Jordan Lee who does all these videos for Metal Gear Solid about Skullface. You should see part two, which is actually part three or the second video where they talk about Hungarians, the Serskis and all the rest of it. But I wrote something about Metal Gear Solid a, a while back and I pretty much linked Skullface with a certain rich philanthropist. And the matchings are somewhat can are somewhat close. So I'm somewhat close to it. What Hoyo Kojima does with his games is a gener is telling the story of generations of Americans, of Europeans, of Russians, of Chinese, and of Japanese. That's what he's telling. If you see it in that particular sense, it will really open your eyes to what certain things were and are. But that's doing with video games and whatnot, and I don't want to get too much into it. But if the CIA is left-wing, and they didn't want Russia to run the roost, one of the ways they tried to end communism, which was the goal, or end their ver that version of communism, which was the goal, was to use China and try to split those two apart and try to end that those versions of communism on that particular side. There is something I think that a lot of people don't understand if this is correct. 
I believe that a lot of intellectual power structures in the West moved, started to move to China in the late 70s and the early 80s. And I will explain more about this in the next segment of Beyond This Earth right after this. Beyond This Earth will continue right after these messages. We now return you to Beyond This Earth. Welcome back to Beyond This Earth. We were continuing from this whole thing concerning about China. So in, 19, in the 1970s, the incidences that took place in, uh, in America, in particular, with Jim Jones, with a whole lot of it, the liberals started to lose faith in themselves. And then there was a position of cracks that started to happen in the 1970s throughout the 80s and culminated in what we considered NAFA in 1993. But these cuts and, and, and these changes that started to happen, you have to realize that <clears throat> the Rockefellers had built certain things in China. I mean, certain things in Asia. He, they built a, a venture group that had things to deal with China. They were the ones that had the connections in Asia, mostly in Hong Kong, that allowed these groups, these Westerners that were disaffected with the way government was, and they were now moving in the direction that they were moving into, where it comes with certain science, with certain economic intrigues, as it were, that all, there was a brain trust that left. A lot of them had liberal leanings. A lot of them had communist leading, leanings, ultimately. A lot of them went into these NGOs that were trying to help China and the South Asian, Asian countries, especially what happened after Vietnam. And a lot of them were watching over the wars that happened between China and Vietnam, which Vietnam won. And they were also watching what was going on in Afghanistan. Some of them may have been connected to the CIA. We don't know. But a lot of them used China as a pretext to try and do certain things they started couldn't, they started not being able to be able to do in the United States, such as they were trying to bring into um, trying to retell aspects of Chinese culture and trying to bring aspects of Chinese culture into this particular country through some of their um, how um, some of their theater productions, as it were, you know, one of those theater productions, Shangway. Um, there's others that has started to do it through um, Hong Kong. I did not want to say that Bruce Lee was a part of it, but there are just some like Quentin Tarantino and others that have kind of put the emphasis on the scene. They're saying that 
he really wasn't that guy, but he was a bit of an asshole. And he kind of played fast and loose with, you know, is he with the communists or he's not with the communists? So he kind of said something to the phrase that maybe he was just trying to play both sides in certain ways. And then there's the whole triad thing, the whole criminal connections between that and how Zingman became more of a friend to the liberals, especially parts of the Democratic Party in the early 80s. There's some tapes that talked about it and his dealings in Africa and all those other particulars. But you have to begin to start understanding something in particular. Once the base of this country, once the base passed NAFTA, that was the final disconnect between the liberals of the 1960s and the way they handled things and those and the liberals that exist now. There is very little connection. Let me put this in, let me put this in this way. The Democrats never changed their stripes. They only changed the way, they only had a disagreement on how, on how this were going to be handled. So there is a split between the Democrats that wanted or had supported something like Water Underground and all those other places that ultimately favored China and this particular country's way they see liberalism through LGBT rights, women's rights, and a whole lot of it. So they split the line. They split it. One went more into finance. Some of them convinced Clinton to do NAFTA. And that's where we are. But the split happened there. Clinton gave lip service. Obama gave lip service to the groups, the rural entity, the rural set of this country on jobs and job security. And then with OSHA, which was now become a thing that we're now talking about, especially with this treatment mandate that are going around, OSHA was set up ultimately as a way to kowtow to the interests of the environmentalists. So Nixon's made that state move. But from that day in particular, up to 1993, the left that were closer to business, as it were, started to leave for Southeast Asia. Those that were connected to certain industries started to leave to Southeast Asia. And Korea, ultimately, some, some of them made it to Japan a lot of them started to set up places for China. There's a history that said to Papa Bush, that's George Herbert Walker. 
40 Bush 41 set up 700 businesses over in China. And this split has to be seen for what it is. It has been ultimately the fight between Jeffersonian politics and Amatolian Lincolnian politics. Lincolnian politics being the worst form of Alexander Hamilton Tonian politics. But what makes this something of an important, as I said, second season about China is that China is not so much of a state than it is an experiment for disaffected Western liberals who could not continue their social economic pseudo-economic exper and social experiments upon the people they were so enamored with cybernetics which is a term that was used in the soviet union and they wanted to use that concept and that concept evolved into what we now see with the social credit program that it is in China. Let it not be known. Not, let it be known that is the way it has to be seen as. And you have to see it for the way it is in order for things to change. What we're now seeing in China in particular is not China so much taking over the world it's not so much even the u.s going through a second era a second golden age if it were because for that to happen a lot of other shit has to change there can't be no such thing as communism all the rest of it but what it is is the unification of these two liberal strands that both came from the United States in particular, there are now unifying into trying to put the world as a whole. It is their friends and those that were taught by their friends meeting up into one unifying entity. Whether China wants to turn into what this or not, it does not matter. The things that are happening in China concerning with trying to reach space and all of these things, using technologies that they got from Russia and trying to update it with stolen, stolen American technology to get into space. It is the liberals on one side that were disaffected by the way the country was and the way the silent majority worked back in 1970s, in the early 1970s, and then more started to leave as they, as the city started to die in the 1980s. And now they're unifying back with the liberals that have ran all of the 10 major cities down into the ground into their little fiefdoms and now they're unifying together via the fentanyl things and all the rest of it. It's the same. They're now coming back together into one entity. 
I want you to see it as what that is. It, you have to be scared for that. You need to see China as a weapon against the American people. A great weapon against the American people that is able to do things on the side that America cannot and will never allow. But these, this is liberalism on the work, the party in China, the Communist Party in China allows the worst types of leftist thought, socialist thought, communist thought that one can even experience. It leads to an issue that is happening in China with a tennis player, Peng Jiwon, who accused one of the princelings of sexual harassment. Naomi Osaka posted something about it. It says this is wrong. Others started to come in. The WTA said, where is this woman? Chinese government then shows a picture saying that she is all right. But what is to be believed? That type of obfuscation was part and parcel of how Jim Jones played his little gambits and said their spiritual home was the Soviet Union. It is the same way that a lot of liberals try to gaslight and cafe trap and strice and affect the people that they deal with. So let's keep watching this China situation and let's make it very clear that they're not going to have their thousand years of success because they have been controlled or they have been helped by a leftism, a blob that has found the other blob and wants to turn the whole world into blobs. One thing that we need to also discuss is about Korea. And I want to discuss this because I don't think they know their history. But well, the president of the Blue House of the Republic of South Korea of the people of the Republic of South Korea stated the following that Lee wants to see the denuclearization of the South Korean peninsula. He blames the US for the Japanese colonization of Korea, but then he also signals support of US occupation of Korea. Why did he say these things? Doesn't he know his own history? In fact, let's give a history lesson through kings and generals on the true history of what happened to Korea and how and why did he made this whole thing up that the U.S. occupied Korea? Where does this come from? Kings and generals now 
on the truth of how Korea became Korea before the Second World War. While the IJN had expanded with the acquisition of French and British ships, tensions with the Qing dynasty had also risen after Japan returned Taiwan to them. But the Japanese successfully pursued their interests in Korea, even despite Chinese opposition. Yet Korea remained inside the Chinese sphere of influence during this time, helped by the Qing dynasty to crush rebellions in the country. All of this, however, would change in the early months of 1894, when the Dongak Rebellion broke out in southern Korea and spread across the country. The Chinese intervened again to defend the Korean government, but the Japanese also did so on the side of the rebel army. Soon, Japanese forces occupied Seoul and established a pro-Japanese government that broke their ties with China. The first Sino-Japanese war had thus begun. For their strategy, the Japanese planned to defeat the modernized Beiyang fleet early on in the war so that they could gain command of the sea and land the 5th Division to push the Chinese out of Korea. While the IGA consolidated its position on the Korean peninsula and advanced towards Pyongyang, the IJN set out to lure the Beiyang fleet to engage it in a decisive battle. On September 17th, as the Japanese soldiers were occupying Pyongyang, the Beiyang fleet was decimated in the Battle of the Yalu River, and the remains of the Chinese navy would be destroyed later on at Weihaiwei. Having control of the seas, the Japanese invaded the Liaodong and Shandong peninsulas, where they managed to occupy Dairen, Lushun, and Weihaiwei, leaving the way to Beijing open and forcing the Chinese to surrender at last. With the Treaty of Shimonoseki, the Japanese Empire annexed the Liaodong Peninsula, Taiwan, and the Senkaku and Penku Islands, and the Chinese acknowledged the total independence of Korea, leaving it inside Japan's sphere of influence. The war had been a great success for the Japanese, yet their gains would face staunch opposition. A rebellion in Taiwan established the independent Republic of Formosa, and the intrusion of Russia, France, and Germany in the Triple Intervention ousted the pro-Japanese government in Korea and forced the Japanese to relinquish the Liaodong Peninsula. Although Taiwan would finally be reconquered after a Japanese invasion in 1895, the Russian Empire soon occupied the Liaodong Peninsula and pressured the Qing dynasty to lease them this territory, as Tsar Nicholas I desired an ice-free natural harbor in the Pacific. The Russians would then go on to build a railway in the region and to rename the city of Lushun to Port Arthur, leaving the rest of Manchuria inside their sphere of influence. But the Russian show of force had an unexpected consequence. The Japanese Empire felt cheated by the Triple Intervention and saw the intrusion of the Russians into what they considered their own sphere of influence as a humiliation. In result, military and expansionist factions inside Japan were strengthened forcing the imperial government to heavily industrialize and to build up its naval strength for future conflicts. Japanese diplomacy also sought to avoid another coalition of Western powers against them, leading directly to the Anglo-Japanese alliance of 1902 that protected Japan from the interference of foreign powers and from Russia in particular. Furthermore, since the Boxer Rebellion, 
Most of Manchuria had been occupied by Russian forces that refused to leave the region. Yet the Russian position in the Far East was actually very weak, as the Trans-Siberian Railway was still incomplete. The Russians didn't really know the region, and there was social unrest in Manchuria. The Japanese also had spies all across the region, so they knew the way around these lands, and estimated in 1903 that Japan's forces outnumbered the Russians in the Far East. This information prompted Meiji to approve preparations for war against Russia, and after the Russian refusal to leave occupied Manchuria, Japan declared war on February 8, 1904. Led by the legendary admiral Togo Heihachiro, the IJN managed to keep the Russian Pacific fleet at bay, while the IJA landed at Chemupo and quickly occupied Korea, then crossing the Yalu River to start the siege of Port Arthur. Meanwhile, the Russians sent a second squadron from the Baltic and Black Sea fleets to reinforce the defenders at Port Arthur, but the long journey across the Atlantic and Indian Oceans caused them to arrive too late, as on January 2nd, 1905, Port Arthur surrendered after most of the Pacific fleet was destroyed by an inland bombardment. Not only did the 2nd Pacific Squadron arrive late, but they also arrived in a very poor condition due to the necessity to get to the Pacific as quickly as possible. At the same time, the IJA advanced through the rest of the Liaodong Peninsula, occupying the cities of Liaoyong and Mukden, and essentially expelling the Russian Manchurian army from the region. On May 27th, the 2nd Pacific Squadron attempted to cross the Tsushima Strait towards Vladivostok, but the Russian reinforcements were quickly engaged by Admiral Togo in a defensive battle. The Japanese were spectacularly victorious, practically annihilating the Russian fleet and shocking the Western world with their naval prowess. Defeated, Tsar Nicholas continued the war to preserve the dignity of his empire, but the disaster at Tsushima was a heavy blow to the prestige of the Romanov dynasty, eventually leading to the Russian Revolution and the fall of imperial rule. In the last months of the war, Japanese forces also invaded the island of Sakhalin and managed to occupy it with few losses. Nicholas would finally have to concede defeat in August, signing the Treaty of Portsmouth on September 5th, which forced the Russians out of Manchuria, left Korea inside the Japanese sphere of influence, and ceded South Sakhalin and the Chinese leases of Port Arthur and Tallinn to Japan. Although Russian losses had been low, Japan's victory solidified its position as a regional power in the Far East, and proved that the Japanese could successfully fight against any Western power. The newfound military superiority of the Japanese Empire also allowed them to establish economic and military dominance over Korea, becoming a Japanese protectorate in 1905 and being outright annexed in 1910. That's right, folks. That's your history, folks. Your people in Korea back in 1905 became a protectorate. They sold your country to the Imperials. And then they annexed them in 1910. Mr. Lee Jae-moon, Mr. Lee Jae-moon don't know his own history. They don't know his own history. 
come and blame the American for occupation? Bruh, you got sold three times to the Imperials. What are you motherfuckers talking about? This is the dude that said he wants to run the blue house. I just gave you your history. And a little bit of the Russian war too. Russia, Sino, Sino, uh, the Japanese Russo war. That Japan won. Come on now. I didn't know this, this is this is what it is, folks. This is what it is. Y'all have better stop playing games with someone that sees that y'all full of bullshit and think you're gonna survive. I am tired of the Western world trying to protect people that think they're going to lead their countries and ultimately sell their own daughters and their sons down the river. The conservatives over there are starting to win in Korea because of unemployment all the day and the prostitution that the US is bringing into Korea and is showcasing their bullshit in front of the rest of the world that does not show Korea in a good light. I have stated from the very beginning when it comes to this issue of Korea, it must be unified. We cannot talk about anything Korea until they are one people again. It has to start from there. Can the games please end? Hopefully, the right person gets elected in office. That's up to them, but do you want to see your daughters keep being sold down the river? Do you want to see souls still becoming the river of blood for unborn African-American children who are ha who have Korean mothers? Can we really discuss this? Or you don't want to discuss it and you just want that dude to continue the bullshit to continue the bullshit. All this is connected, folks. And it's got to end. We'll have more. With the third segment of what we have learned this week on Beyond This Earth right after this. Beyond This Earth will continue right after these messages. We now return you to Beyond This Earth. Welcome back to Beyond This Earth. Novit Hollerback here. I just want y'all to give me five minutes, hopefully five and a half minutes, and just go for what happened this week. And it's not just about Kyle Rittenhouse. It is about what has gone in the communities that these supposed dream men, these criminals were defending in Kenosha, you see. And I want to show you the disparities among what we're going through. Before this week started, we had this incident concerning with 
Travis Scott and what happened in Astroworld in Houston. He's going to get sued out of everything that he owns because he did not stop the concert. It's a bad look. And it is made worse by the inaction and the reaction to people dying in that concert. That isn't all. It is the baby and the mother of his child. The mother of his child was recently citationed and booked for simple assault against the baby. Now, the family of this particular woman has gone after the baby because of his actions towards her, saying that she is a side chick and a whole lot. But once you look at the video, in many other decades before, this would just be banter. He didn't attack her. He didn't do all these other things and whatnot. But it would be just banter between men and women. In past eras, the reason why he told her to leave the house, the mother of his child, is that the mother of his child wants to take plan B. And he feels that something happens when she takes plan B that makes her into a side chick and not the mother of his child and a form of relationship to him, the baby. I understand the brother's plight. He wants to kick this dude's ass. But then he responded in saying that you are going to deny your own grandbaby because you cannot control your own daughter. It is not just that. It is the death of young Dolph trying to buy cookies for his mother. Having all these businesses out there. The girlfriend of young Dolph creating a Entity saying that black men deserve to grow old. And yet, young Dolph gets shot down in Memphis, Tennessee after going to a business that he has supported to buy a hundred, a hundred pieces of cookies for her mother for Thanksgiving, possibly. What makes this whole thing worse, I mentioned in the first segment, is that the news media all over the world said that Kyle Rittenhouse killed two African-American people. That was not the case. The news media lied on the rest of the world. The liberals that have come here to talk about they're trying to use black people's deaths and passings as a form of they have no rights and they have no liberty and they have none of these particular things. 
The truth of the matter is much darker than you can possibly imagine. As long as the Democrats have power in this country, and as long as the Democrats and the liberals in the entertainment industry continue to convince through whatever, if it is Megan Thee Stallion or little or bit uh, 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 the baby's um girlfriend, or through city girls, or through all the other bullshit nonsense, and will not tell the truth about actual men trying to fix their communities in ways. And then when they pass away, unfortunately, which is another problem that Black Lives Matter will not truly solve. Not only that, the wrong man is doing King Richard. Richard Williams. The man that helped build up Serena and Venus Williams is being played by Will Smith. Now this movie is important to the fact that a man can do so much for his children, but the wrong man is playing it. After you see the disasters that have been happening in the last six weeks, six months, for nearly almost a year and a half, if we want to be fair to Will Smith and the relationship that he has with his so-called wife, who parades out all of their secrets behind between the sheets for the aggrandizement and the laughter of the whole world to see and how Will Smith and his emotions are being used and manipulated. Oh, I wish I was. I was jealous of Tupac. I was jealous of this and all the rest of it. Do I have to tell you people that Will Smith... MC Hammer, Ice Cube, Ice T, the NWA in rap sense used to run this whole industry from backwards to forwards before Tupac even was a mention in the whole game. And yet somehow he's jealous of him, but he at one time was bigger than everybody. In that industry. Kanye West literally begged Will Smith to come back and do the things that he could do. Yet, this dude can be made cucked by this Heroin out of a wife. The very definition of what is wrong with black women in this country. The very definition that they would even consider, her and her daughter would even consider Brazilian butlets. And all the rest of this. Can anybody tell me how Will Smith K 
can be seen as a man. And can anybody tell me how he can be the dude behind an actual black man who didn't give a shit and didn't take shit from nobody and believed in his own daughter so much and prophesied and made it happen that his daughters will have more money than they could have, that they will become the greatest tennis stars in the history of this world and all uh, in the female ranks. And they would even be discussing all the rest of it. And he prophesied this to the USTA president at that time in 1991. You mean to tell me Will Smith who got cut by that harridan of a wife is any goddamn Wherefore, to be the dude that is going to talk to an actual black man? That is acting the actions of an actual black man who didn't even give a shit what anybody said to him? You gotta be kidding to me, hit with me, Hollywood. Fuck out of here with that nonsense. As long as these particular entities run the institutions in this country, the African-American community in this country will be seen as a pariah in the rest of the world and a pariah to themselves and a pariah to each other. And black women help in this pariahism towards African-American men and all other men all over the world, all other men that they meet, when they become the spokespeople for communistic ways of trying to solve the problems within the community, in the black community. This is a problem, it has to end and it has to stop. The liberals are making it extremely easy for a lot of normie people to say that Kyle Rittenhouse is a hero. And in many ways, they cannot, they cannot disprove that he is not a hero to a lot of people's eyes. And that is a fault of what the liberals have done throughout every single aspect of their society. And they refuse to accept it. Y'all gonna have to come to terms with the reality of the situation concerning with broken window policy. You're gonna have to come to terms with that. The liberals will never do that. You're gonna have to come to terms with the fact, ladies and gentlemen, that when you make black women run this gambit and think that they are the spokespeople of the African-American community, you have damned everyone else in this country to the bullshit and the laughter and the weakness that we see all over America today. This is the sad truth. Black men are taking L's all over. They're being disparaged, 
rightly or wrongly, because of their worship of the black woman. That shit has got to change and it has got to stop and it has got to end. And that's one of the main reasons why they can do in with impunity on social media. And then when black women come up to say, oh, this, then the other thing, we are comrades and all the rest of it, it don't fly with people there are in the know. Do you know what happened at Chaz and with Ra Simone? Two African-American kids, 16 and 18 years old, were shot by Ramon and several others that were connected with the Kurdish groups that were fighting over in Syria that later went back to the United States, joined Antifa, and then joined Chaz, and then became one of Chaz's muscles. Those two white men shot those two black kids. Nobody wants to talk about it. Raz didn't go to prison. They had no way to defend themselves. Those two black kids. And yet nobody has gone to prison, not even Chaz. There is no justice in that particular sense. And then they want to talk about Kyle Rittenhouse. They want to talk about how evil he is and all the rest of it. But evil has been done towards African-Americans by themselves on the leadership standpoint, by those that are the supposed great love, black women, of black men, by black women, by the way they act, behave, and treat themselves and each other and other black men and other men in turn towards African-American men. And because somebody wants to help the communities in spite of everything the liberals have done, black women have done to them and all the rest of it, they still have enough love in their hearts to help their own communities and not worry about what white men say. Not worry about what others say about them and how they act and behave and still have enough love in their hearts and enough care and enough respect for themselves to go and help their own communities. And yet they get shot at and killed just by buying cookies out in the store. Because someone got jealous and they need to pay off child support to a woman that don't give a fuck about them or their child or their even a future. The liberals make it very fucking hard on themselves to convince people that Kyle Rittenhouse is not a hero. Make it very hard on themselves because the reality of the situation is Kyle Rittenhouse should have never have done the things he done, should never have been put in those positions that he should have been put in. But history tells you otherwise. And in every definition that matters in this country, Kyle Rittenhouse is a hero. And the black man keeps losing because you worship the feet of those that want to destroy you.
That's all that needs to be said. We'll be back right after this on Beyond This Earth. Beyond This Earth will continue right after these messages. Welcome back to Beyond This Earth. Nova Hollerback here. It's been an interesting time in space, especially near Earth orbit when it's considering the International Space Station. A couple of weeks ago or last week, we were talking about the Chinese and their debris field that it had to dodge. And now, they had to judge another debris field, this time from an active missile that was firing by the Russians towards a satellite in a missile test. And missile test was way too close and it's debris field was way too close to the International Space Station. The International Space Station had to turn into some sort of fighter jet these days. So they had to dodge through a Chinese debris field and then a much more dangerous Russian debris field. Some scary moments for a few hours, but it got through the debris field, hopefully with very little damage but even little damage can cause a whole lot of problems. And so hopefully more will have to be done concerning these particular debris fields and the space station. It is not a pretty sight to see. And this is becoming a cause of concern and Space Force is on the case as we speak concerning these particular uh, incidences both with the Chinese debris field and the Russian missiles fired, being fired towards these particular so, uh, satellites in missile test. Here are the news items that have happened during the week, this long and very important week. On Monday, the Trump organization is selling the rights to the family's hotel in Washington, D.C. For an investment firm that plans to rebound it as a new Waldorf Astoria, the deal was valued over $375 million. New Mexico has joined Colorado and California in opening up booster shots to all adults. A Southwest Airlines employee was hospitalized after being verbally and physically assaulted by a passenger, the company said. Kaiser Permanente reached a deal with an alliance of unions to avert a strike of 32,000 employees at the healthcare network. World Dutch Shell, Europe 
being Europe's biggest energy company, moving its headquarters from the Netherlands to Britain and dropping World Dutch from its name, so it'll just be called Shell. Alice Jones was found liable for damages in a ruling that hands a victory to the families of eight Sandy Hook shooting victims who sued Jones and his outlet Infowars for defamation. Pfizer Biotest COVID-19 vaccine generated the strongest immune response of the four vaccines observed in a new study. The Lucid Air AV startup Lucid First Models was named Motor Trans 2022 Car of the Year. Sesame Street is debuting its first Asian American Muppet, not necessarily so. First Asian American Muppet, it's not the, well, they call it the Asian American Muppet. It's a Korean girl who's eight years old, but it's not the first Asian Muppet that they have done, so. A Google Cloud Alice took out Spotify, Discord, Snapchat for less than an hour, forcing people to actually do work. This happened on Wednesday. A German regulator suspended approval for the Nord Stream 2 pipeline that would bring gas from Russia to Germany. The news sent gas prices spiking. <clears throat> New York City will allow fully fascinated people to gather at Times Square for New Year's Eve, just like old times. Yeah, uh, the auto workers union have been striking to oppose the deal with John Deere and said they will return to work on Thursday morning. Chobani had filed to go public on the New York Stock Exchange in what will be a cultural milestone. The International Olympic Committee has rolled out a brand new framework for transgender and intersex athletes. Arabica coffee boxes jumped to their highest level in nearly a decade due to supply concerns in Brazil and Colombia. Apple's off-again, on-again relationship with a developing a car is apparently back on, and the company is accelerating its work on an autonomous electric vehicle, according to Bloomberg. Starbucks and Amazon had opened a cashless store in Manhattan. State attorney generals have opened up an investigation into Instagram's efforts to boost engagement among younger viewers. CVS is closing 900 stores over three years, roughly 10% of its footprint, and it remodels its locations to focus on health services. Sweet Green shares popped 76% in the bougie salad chain's public market debut. <clears throat> on Friday, the prosecution rested its case in the trial of former Thermal CEO Elizabeth Holmes, and right after the surprise of everyone, Holmes took the stand to testify. A female Tulsa employee sued the automaker over the alleged rampancessual harassment she endured at Tesla's Fremont, California plant. Two Democratic senators came out against the nomination of General Powell to lead the fifth for another four years, signing that he has not done enough to fight climate change. And Rivian and Ford, which is a Rivian investor, said they are no longer developing an electric vehicle together. So that was some of the major news and notes in technology and in other particular news that happened this week. Two important things about Kyle Rittenhouse before we go on this particular episode. First off, from Razor Fist, please say it to the crowd, folks. Art, wait for it. Guilty, all bitch. What? A clown fuck, folks. 
A case that never should have been brought to trial, entailing self-evident self-defense you could spot from Saturn, and still because of the open-air Weimar weenie roast we call Kenosha, and the corruption incumbent to the locale, we went to waste in world-rending sums of fucking money on an actual public trial. Also, establishment Dems and dip fucks in the Mesozoic media could tell themselves they tried, and have plausible deniability when they continue to call him and all of his supporters a fucking Nazi, which a year on from the event can someone, anyone, explain Kyle Rittenhouse's Birkenau bona fides exactly? Kyle Rittenhouse wasting two white dudes in self-defense is like the weirdest new form of white supremacy I have ever heard of. I wasn't aware Kitty Diddler was a fucking race. Epstein's Island was a fucking country. You remember Epstein's Island, the place we're not talking about because we're bloviating about this wafer-thin bullshit instead? So here's the story. Kid is cleaning up graffiti outside his workplace all the 20 miles from his fucking house. He spots a dumpster fire. And right next to CNN, someone's setting actual dumpsters on fire. When he attempts to extinguish the fiery but mostly peaceful fire, shots ring out. And not from Kyle Rittenhouse's AR. Surrounding him, Glantifa attempt to attack. He makes a hasty retreat, but stumbles, spins in his one approaches with a skateboard and the other with a loaded fucking firearm. He terminates two tankies in rapid succession and leaves a third with a limp, wife-beating arm. And before any of you basic bitches fire off a thousand recitations of the phrase across state lines, most of those dudes who attacked the Kenosha kid had a longer hike to get there than he did. And unlike Kyle Rittenhouse, they didn't happen to work and thus regularly commute to the area for any fucking reason. And before the rest of you re-raising the celebrity sphere or mainstream sports spheres claim Kyle should have found another way, yeah, let's see Colin Kaepernick take a knee in the middle of the street surrounded by a feral mob of firearm-wielding fellow travelers, put a black rifle in his hands and just see if he starts singing Give Peace a Fucking Chance. The ACLU wants to weigh in after the fact claiming the system in Kenosha, of all places, is weighted in favor of white people? First the fuck off! Where was the American Civil Liberties Union when a coven of commies were about to splatter Kyle's civil liberties all over the Kenosha asphalt. And second, last I checked, Kyle Rittenhouse wasn't even fully white. You know who was, though? Derek Chauvin. How'd his case go again? Last I saw, the villagers were chasing him out of the courtroom with fucking torches, and that motherfucker's almost as white as your donors. Appeals are a bitch, though, and I have a hell of a feeling that's not gonna go Kenosha's way in the long run. I mean... You knew it was bad when one of the attackers, you know, the one armed with a gun, put his best bicep forward on the witness stand to support the prosecution's Purell case and unwittingly made himself a prize witness for the fucking defense. But on cross-examination, the defense went through the video again, at times, second by second. When you were standing three to five feet from him with your arms up in the air, he never fired, right? Correct. It wasn't until you pointed your gun at him, advanced on him, with your gun, now your hands down, pointed at him, that he fired, right? This is going to be a shame. Correct. Hello. Remember, at a certain point in this abject subconstitutional cock-flattening, the precise moment I made the decision not to weigh in on this case until its conclusion. I was watching a socialist sea creature point a stick at a blurry, blown-up image of what may as well have been a Roswell alien autopsy, and out of absolute curiosity that evening, I flipped to CNN to peep the Politburo's coverage, wherein they were praising it as a paralegal kill shot. 
was at that precise moment I peered out the window into the Arizona sky and thought to myself, if this cat is acquitted or not, the end game in the mainstream media is to make sure he will never be vindicated. Kyle Rittenhouse was outright denied due process. He was denied an impartial jury. Because in our perpetually connected, social media-suffused society, in a case this publicized for purely political purposes, what jury under the yellow sun could even pretend to impartiality without an underlying motive? He was convicted in the court of public opinion over a year before his day in court, and he will remain that regardless of the verdict. If you watch my channel, you already know I've hit the executive and legislative branches of our government harder and faster faster than Chris Brown's speed dating. But you also know that the branch of government I harbor the deepest abiding acrimony for is judiciary. And cases like this are precisely why. If our contradictorily titled justice system has no mechanism for redress in a case of such transparent and engineered injustice, folks, it's time for a fucking new one. It doesn't matter that he was acquitted. This shouldn't have been a court case, you cunts. For attorney Carl Lewis, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial came down to reasonable doubt. He's carrying the weapon, and something happens, and he defends himself. So I don't think it was reckless. Some people say, well, he was running down the street. But there was a protest. There was a mob scene. The prosecutor is either spineless or he's an idiot. And it's embarrassing the prosecutors around this country that know the law, know how it should be hand, even-handed, no matter who is being shot, who shoots, that's not the issue, what color they are, if they're gay, it doesn't matter. He says what's clear is that Rittenhouse acted to protect himself. That's something Lewis agrees with as well. I think he responded to something he felt was a threat have the right to bear arms. This kid was caught in four fucking K defending his own life after being shot at. Even then, he attempted to flee like a Frenchman from a draft board, but when he tripped, he whirled, unslung his AR and unloaded one into a wife beater and one into a kitty boffin Bolshevik. And now Kenosha and the country at large is down two assholes. Drat! And that's without even touching on the homicidal Mega Man boss by the name of Jump Kick Man. Have you seen this retard's rap sheet? It's like a Dead Sea Scroll. Just like Zimmerman before him, this was a purely political prosecution. And one that's becoming alarmingly routine out of the authoritarian regime in the White House. Not to mention the unelected officials who will survive them long after Biden's been put out to pasture. You remember Biden, right? The Jeff Dunham puppet who tried to openly interfere with this case while running... Walking, shambling for fucking office, and Palooka Joe still pounding away at the injustice anvil, might I add. Now, just to save face after fucking this kid's entire life up for political purposes so they can continue stoking the flames of urban insurrection, Dumpty Humpty himself, Jerry Nadler, wants to wield the DOJ like a fucking battle axe to pursue federal fucking charges. Well, if I could elevate Nadler's blood sugar long enough to even talk to this twink, I'd tell him two things. One, a collarbone is not a belt. And two, political prosecutions are illegal. You broke the law, asshole. You don't get to use it anymore. I'm razor fist. God fucking speed. Ladies and gentlemen, then we continue with what Carl Denner just said in his recent essay it's about damn time he studiously mr denninger avoided commentary during the deliberation on other parts of the trial for one reason above all else 
The jury trial is not supposed to be corrupted by outside influence. Of course, nobody else seems to think that this is important, but it is. Watching the trial, it was quite clear there was never any cause to charge Kyle in the first place. The FBI was proved not only to have been present with an eye in the sky, but the prosecution deliberately tampered with discovery and of with by withholding exculpatory evidence, including the edited video beyond the closing of testimony. This is worthy of disbarment, but it obviously won't happen. It was also justification for dismissal with prejudice, which is a wildly extraordinary remedy that is almost never called for, but that act crosses the line into where it is only appropriate, but ultimately nearly mandatory. Yet it was also not necessary as the jury did the right thing. I'm sure it wasn't easy for the jury. Whether they knew someone who tried to dots them the other night, for example, is not known. But there, but that there were very loud protests outside the courthouse that could have been heard in the jury room is known. The premise that this had no impact on deliberation is flat out horseshit. And in my opinion, would have resulted in the protesters being removed beyond where the jury can hear or see them during the deliberations. What was clear from the trial was that all three of those shot by Mr. Rittenhouse had it coming. The only possible call was the first one, but the other two was clear and convincing, even with the crappy video from the night of the event. Yet Kenosha arrested and charged Kyle Rittenhouse knowing this, which points to a very clearly to being a political act of appeasement in attempt to prevent even more riots. In other words, Kenosha's law enforcement and DA wanted to throw a sacrifice into the volcano in an attempt to prevent it from spewing more arson on their community. That by itself should get every one of these prosecutors and the DA thrown in prison for life. There is good news. The media and political figures who defamed Kyle for the last year are going to make Kyle a very wealthy individual who will be able to live a nice life without ever working a day in his life ever again. He'll be out of his mind. Not to sue everyone involved in saying that's CNN, NBC, especially if they really tried to dodge the jury and other political media figures. These organizations and the notable celebrities who specifically called him a murder or possibly even worse, Domestic terrorists need to be relieved of every single penny that they have. My guess is within days, these suits will be filed and they're going to be impressive in both death and in breath. I'll be hoisting shots in my lips for celebration for each of them plays out and further engrosses Kyle's bank account.
Sometimes the process works. As for the douchebag in chief, Biden and his people said he is angry and concerned over the verdict. Guess what? Mr. Denninger is angry and concerned that Biden and his people survived and his teacher and his colonoscopy, which obviously failed in his essential mission to remove the severe case of rectal cranial inversion that Biden suffers from. Knee pads blew her chance to use her 20 minutes of power to drone Brandon. What a missed opportunity. That was from Carl Denninger. couple of other things before I end the show today. Rittenhouse became a folk hero. This is according to Polymath on Twitter. Prior to his trial, nearly everyone in the political power appropriate league agreed that he should be made an example of fans be damned. They fired the people who donated to his defense and then he was acquitted. There's a compelling movie to be made about the written house where he, he is portrayed as a flawed character that is ultimately made heroic because everyone in power wants to see him unjustly jailed. The real hero of the story is justice. The villains are the politicians and the journalists. I think that very few people have come to terms with exactly how grotesquely badly Gritton House was treated. People who applauded donating money to play out arsonists also supporting firing people who donated to Rittenhouse defense. That is legit evil. King Bascu. BLM bankrolled by the Ford Foundation source and big capital was mobilized 2020 to beat back populism and the largest wealth transfer in U.S. history. Shed no tears for the useful idiots who died attacking an armed teen in the Kenosha riots. Their money monsters sure are not. So. The thing that you have to realize and I thought about this as I was going to mass church is this has to deal with what happened with Jacob Blake and a domestic dispute between him and his family and all the rest of these things. All of this started because of domestic disputes between the inability of African-American men to lead their families in a successful manner. And a lot of this stems from what I was talking about, how they move industries that Kenosha used to do, deal with, which is cars, and move them out from Kenosha to places in China and other particular areas. The biggest secret no one wants to talk to you about and the biggest thing that John Michael Greer said it in a recent podcast interview and he has been saying it in his blogs and he's been saying it in Echo Sophia for many, many years. The greatest secret no one wants to talk about is 
how this country and the middle class and aspects of the middle class, especially on the liberal side of the middle class, have act upper middle class and somewhat middle middle class of the liberal left in particular, the awfuls if you want to put it this way, have actively tried to destroy the working class of America for nearly 35 years. And they have refused every single step. The media has refused. This country has refused at every single point and step to rectify this notion and to explain how the normies have been tricked into believing all the bad things they have said about the earth, about the euro, about the rural and boonie type and, and those that live in the boonies to accept those lies. Because if it's never gonna come to terms with what it has done, the middle class, and especially the way how David Brooks and all of these milliquos, milliquos, I don't, I don't, I can't pronounce it correctly at this particular point. These folks and how they treat the working class, how they treat other Americans is absolutely insane. And it must come to account and it must be an account for it. If it's not, we're going to have even worse tragedies. The working class never accepted a lot of the things the liberals have placed upon them over the last 35 years. There is something to be said for certain ideas of culture and of civility of the boy scout that is willing to do the right thing even when it's not possible that a lot of people have forgotten and have been removed from a lot of our mediums throughout most of the decades. In every other decade, we had in animation, in other in live action, in other particular places and whatnot, these heroes able to step up even when the going gets tough. And we were not able we no longer have those things there except in other countries mediums such as france and japan and it has become apparent to me that everyone's stunned that somebody like mr rittenhouse could exist but let me explain something that i thought about when i was going at the uh, that I was thinking about when I was at mass and praying about in real sense what if after they get rid of the DA and the prosecutors and possibly the mayor of Kenosha and all his underlings in the and throw them the fuck out 
after Kyle Rittenhouse wins his cases of defamation against the president of the United States, against the vice president of the United States, against Joy Reid, against all, against the internet, the other international news organizations that basically destroyed his name throughout all over the world. This thing is going to get to nearly a, hopefully in my, if, if, if there is some form of a, if, if God willing, it's a trillion dollars. I don't want him to spend, I wish that type of money that's going to be sent to his coffers because of the defamation they did upon him. I hope that after when they give him his war prize, quote unquote, he's going to be swimming in women what if under new leadership in Kenosha, he gives a lot of the money to, to Kenosha, to the city? He gives the money to those that lost the buildings and is able to pay back all the insurance for all the people there that he tried to protect. Maybe they help fix the school in Kenosha, the same school that Jacob Blake's children go to. And they can get teachers and a high quality education. Maybe they can rebuild that closed power, that closed plant and actually get another company dealing in semiconductor technology, which people really need. What if we turn this event, which liberals say was a bad thing, into a thing that revitalizes a very important part of the American engine that helped make America one of the greatest countries in the world? And that was one particular place, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Could it be at the end of all of this, the greatest triumph from all the tragedies that have taken place from that Jacob Blake incident is that the young black girl, Jacob Blake's daughter, grows up in a Kenosha that gives her the opportunities and the wherefore of those opportunities and the safety that she needs as a black woman that she doesn't get anywhere else in a lot of other places. The ability to allow her to become a woman that is not a burden, not only as she grows up to her father who's going to be in a wheelchair for a long time to his siblings, to her mother, and not going to be a burden twerking around and all the rest of it. 
but to actually become a woman of high standards and not to be a burden to everybody else and actually become a successful, productive person, woman in this society who is able to find a man of high caliber that complements his life and makes Kenosha and ultimately our country better. That's my prayer. And it's all because that young man defended himself that day and turned what the liberals call a tragedy into what could be the American triumph. Think about that. As we go above and beyond our petty differences and our petty stupidities foisted by us by supposed liberals who care about us but ultimately want a utopia that will never come. I hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving dinner and Thanksgiving, this important American holiday. I want you to enjoy the blessings of the creator of the universe who has blessed us even when we had put him on a cross and made a fool of the one that created us, that his forgiveness can be shown upon our weakened and horrid state. I wish all of you a happy Thanksgiving. We'll be back in two weeks with an all new edition of Beyond This Earth. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcasts Addict, soon on Stitcher. We're still working on Greenhouse. We're still working on Clubhouse, Green Room and Clubhouse, soon on Stereo App, and wherever you get any of your radio show. This is Novin Hollerback. Take care, and we'll see you guys in two weeks on Beyond This Earth. Beyond This Earth is a Garo Gothic production.